Sean Kelly ended his season very much on a high note for the Giants last night with a really impressive appearance, multiple innings out of the bullpen. Carlos Rodon, however, his season might be over and it might be because of something that Scott Boris had to say. So we'll get into all of it next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the Baseball Statistics and Analysis website, Uh, websites, Beyond the Box Score, and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, there's a lot to get into. This game last night was a very weird one uh, when all was said and done. It was 0-0 going into the bottom of the eighth inning, And there ended up being 11 runs scored and the possibility with one swing that there could have been 15 runs scored in two half innings. So one inning of play there. The Padres got seven in the bottom of the eighth and then the Giants got four, but they loaded the bases and were one swing away from taking the lead in that inning. They ultimately couldn't do it. J.D. Davis flew out to basically the warning track in right field. But the takeaway for me, I mean, besides the the fact that they lost, they're 80 and 80. So at this point in time, they literally could be above 500, below 500, or actually 500. That's the position they're in with two games to play. And so it all is going to depend on what they do in these next two games. One more win and they'll be at least 500. That's, if you know me, what I've been rooting for. But Sean Jelly was kind of the best positive takeaway from this game for sure. He uh, came in in relief. He wasn't the starter. They haven't used him as a starter at all this year, even though all of his appearances, well, he made a couple of one inning appearance and every a couple of one inning appearances and everything else has been multiple innings. Last night he went five. He allowed only four hits, one walk, and he struck out eight. And so Jelly's just overall season has been strange. And if you look at kind of what he did in the minors versus what he's doing in the majors, it's really interesting how the strikeout rate has ticked up significantly in the majors. It's You don't normally see that. It doesn't really make any sense. He struck out 18% of the hitters he faced in AAA this year in 97 innings. And in the major leagues in 25 innings, he struck out 24.3% of the hitters he's faced. And he's also been a ground ball machine that, you know, he's 6'11 and a half. He'll be the first to tell you about that half an inch. Uh, And so he creates a lot of kind of downward tilt on the ball. And so it's a tough angle for hitters. And I mean, he also throws a sinker, which helps you get the ball on the ground. But his overall ground ball rate in AAA was 56.7%. And in the major leagues here, 59% ground ball rate is very healthy very healthy. I mean, normal 
League average is in the low 40s, and he's at 59%. The average launch angle against him is just 3.2 degrees, which is also very good, very low. Keeping the ball on the ground, there are so many benefits to that. Most importantly, the damaging type of contact usually is in the air, right? Your home runs and your doubles and triples, you know, high into the gaps is usually in the air. And if you're getting ground balls, best case scenario as a hitter, you're getting a single. And these days it's hard to string a bunch of hits together. But overall in the season, the hitters, like when the when Jelly has given up damage, it is that they've strung a lot of hits together because he has a 5.76 ERA, which is not good. But if you look at the peripheral numbers, the fielding independent pitching is 3.51. The expected fielding independent pitching is 2.72. And the reason he's underperforming those numbers is simply because of two things. I mean, if you really want to boil it down to simplicity, he's allowing a 400 average on balls in play. So when they make contact, and this doesn't count home runs, the league has gotten a hit 40% of the time against Jelly, whereas league average is about 29% of the time when they make contact and it's not a homer and it's in fair territory. About 29% is normal for those to be hits, and for Jelly, it's been 40%. And so this is, generally speaking, kind of a luck indicator. It, it doesn't necessarily mean luck. Like, if you're just super hittable, they can have, you know, you know if, you, if I went out there, if they put the ball in play against me, there would be a super high average on balls in play. We wouldn't call it luck. So if you're just hittable, yes, they can rough you up like this. But for a guy like Jelly, he should be able to get it down. So that so I, I kind of ignore the ERA and and am more influenced by the the fact that he's been able to strike people out, the fact that he's been able to overcome adversity in some of these appearances, the fact that he's not walking people, keeping the ball on the ground. The other thing is that he's only stranded 61% of the base runners he's allowed, which this is a this is a total luck indicator, not total, but it's another one like the average on balls in play. It's going to end up closer to 70% versus 60%. It just is that way for pretty much all pitchers. And so anyway, these are just reasons to be and I think our eyes will tell us this as well that the 5.76 ERA for Jelly doesn't reflect how he's thrown the ball. And he's thrown the ball much better than that. And that is his last appearance of the year. So what a great appearance for him to go out on and go into the offseason with, you know, having had that appearance. He struck out guys like Juan Soto, and he even said it in the postgame interview that, you know, being out there and using the pitch mix that they've told him will work for him best uh, and then executing it and striking guys out like Juan Soto, it just does a number. It does am- amazing things for the belief in yourself because there you are out there doing it. So look, I'm not sitting here saying Sean Jelly is an ace of your rotation going into next year and he's going to be great. But what he certainly has done is made a good impression and has put himself firmly in the mix next year. He was in the mix this year to an extent, but I think he'll be significantly more in the mix going into 2023 with an overall, I would say, strong showing in his Major League debut season. So check it off as another one of not too many positives to occur for the Giants in 2022. Another positive was Carlos Rodon, but he may be done for the year. 
Evan Longoria is done for the year. He fractured his thumb. We'll get into that later. But coming up next, Carlos Rodon, really bizarre comments by his agent, Scott Boris, suggesting that the Giants should shut him down the rest of the way. So we'll get into that whole situation in just a minute. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there, including the MLB postseason and MLB free agency. The latest and easiest way, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Something we're going to be focusing on during the offseason is the bet online odds for where free agents are going to land. The The first kind of round of, of odds that came out for the likes of Aaron Judge and Trey Turner and other big names didn't have the Giants as super likely. And so you could either read that two ways. You could read it as, oh, I'm discouraged. Or you could say, hey, I think maybe they end up with these guys and you can head on head to bet online and Place a wager, perhaps. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, as promised, we are going to get into this strange situation with Carlos Rodon. It's not that strange. I just thought it was a little weird the way it happened. So what happened was Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle, great uh, Giants beat reporter for the Chronicle, just randomly tweeted out prior to yesterday's game, quote, Scott Boris tells me Carlos Rodon is perfectly healthy as evidenced by his last start, but has reached an innings limit of 180, an increase of 50, and it would be ideal for him to be protected like Logan Webb. If he goes on the IL today, he's not injured, just reached innings max, end quote. So a lot to unpack here. It's just, first of all, you just, agents don't just get to declare that your pitcher should be shut down, right? He's signed to a contract. If he's healthy, he is technically like obligated to go out there and pitch. They're paying him a lot of money to be a pitcher for the Giants. Now, I understand that he is, that the Giants are eliminated and that Rodon has a ton riding on his health and and his success. And so if you just want to request that the Giants skip the start or something like that, fine. I have no issue with that. What I have an issue with is saying he's reached an innings limit of 180 because Slusser later clarified, I had at first retweeted this and said, you don't just get to make up. Agents just don't, don't just get to declare an innings limit at this point in the season. Say, oh, he's past a limit. He's got to be shut down. To be clear, he didn't say he has to be shut down. He said through Slusser, it would be ideal for him to be protected. And I agree. That part I don't have an issue with. It's He's re- reached an, a limit of 180. And then I said, what if the Giants had made the postseason? Would you still be saying he had reached a limit? And the answer was no, Slusser clarified um, that Boris said if the Giants were still in it, Rodon would definitely, definitely pitch. Well, then it's not a limit of 180 innings. You're just making, you're using that as an excuse. Why not just say 
we there's you know he's in line to make a ton of money this game is meaningless to the giants please can you just not let him throw that's fine and then plus you can't just put someone on the il without them having an injury and so to say if he goes on the il he's not injured I don't know. The whole situation is just a little bit weird. But when all is said and done, I agree. It's a it's a courtesy the Giants should extend to Rodon if he feels that way. Except when he's been interviewed recently, he keeps talking about just wanting to make every start. And he's also been dealing with a cracked nail. So they could have just put him on the IL and said, he's got this cracked nail. Our game, you know, we're eliminated. We just don't want to, we want to protect him. They could have just said that. But Boris saying this, I thought was really strange. So when all is said and done, I do not expect Carlos Rodon to make this start. Today, Gabe Kapler kind of said that they hadn't decided yet. But we shall ultimately see. There's the whole thing about the strikeout uh, race and leading the league in strikeouts. If you know me. I'm more of a strikeout rate kind of guy and just the counting numbers. I guess it it's cool and it does it certainly matters that you've if you actually lead lead the league in total strikeouts, it's p- combining the fact that you strike people out plus how many innings you throw. Like let me give you an example. They keep showing during games on TV this graphic about the most strikeouts in a season by a left-hander for the Giants and Madison Bumgarner is at the top. What that's not telling you is that Madison Bumgarner did that because he got a fair amount of strikeouts, but he threw a ton of innings. So it doesn't mean he was the best strikeout pitcher for the Giants. That's where strikeout rate is more impressive. So for Rodon, I mean, he leads, the last I checked, he led the majors in strikeout rate at 33.4%, literally over. I mean, maybe they're rounding, so it could be exactly... um, Actually, 33.3 would be rounded. Anyway, slightly over one out of every three hitters he's faced all season long, he has struck out. And that's super important. I mean, impressive. And I guess he's like behind Corbin Burns by one or two strikeouts for the overall strikeout race here. But Corbin Burns may pitch again as well. And I don't know. I mean, he's done enough to... He's going to get the contract he's going to get based on what he's done already. This start doesn't really move the needle at all. It can only hurt him. And so that's why Boris is right to say the Giants ought to protect him. If that's what he wants. If Rodon's like, I want to make this start, go ahead and let him make the start. But if he doesn't, then go ahead and skip the start. You know, no no big deal. It's just weird. I was going to say, it's just weird for Boris to frame it this way, but that's really the mo of scott boris he just says things in a really odd way so anyway that's the case there just don't be surprised if rodan doesn't make the start i'm not sure who would pitch their bullpen has been heavily taxed they are still trying to get wins here try to be 500 or better and so just to tax the bullpen even more if they put them on the il it allows them to call somebody else up but they don't exactly have someone to take that spot so it'll be interesting to see what they do but in other news Evan Longoria broke his thumb and he may have played his last game as a major leaguer he may have played his last game with the Giants or he may be back with the Giants we're going to get into that whole situation in just a minute but first all right as promised Evan Longoria broke his thumb kind of unceremoniously in the finale 
there was somebody who wrote a piece. I think it was Andrew Baggerly in The Athletic talking about how the Giants home finale kind of was missing some key moments. And I I didn't even think of it at the time. But for example, Brandon Belt, they didn't really give him a send off. I was not at the game, so they could have done it between innings, but apparently they didn't. They didn't play a tribute video or anything to Brandon Belt, who may be departing from the Giants after a long career this offseason, but he didn't get any kind of recognition on, on the home finale. And Evan Longoria is another guy. He had this ground ball that evidently broke his thumb on his right thumb, and he's going to be out four to six weeks rehabbing. And I mean, so it won't affect him going into next year, you wouldn't think. But he didn't get a send off of any kind either. But it may have been the last time that he was on the field. Good for him. He stayed in the game. I mean, I don't know, kind of dumb. If you get another ground ball, are you going to be able to throw it properly? Maybe not. But that was the last time he was on the field. They got they got another out. He came off the field. He didn't hit again. And so the big question for Evan Longoria is, is he going to be back next year? Is he going to be in the majors? Is he going to be on the Giants or not? And what he has is a $13 million club option for 2023. Now, Longoria himself, this was interesting, courtesy of Andy Baggerly, essentially said, uh, he said, the reality of the market is that I, if I went to free agency, I'm not going to get $13 million or even $8 million realistically somewhere else. So I think that makes my decision a little bit easier on that front. And this is something we have talked about. But what he's referencing is it's not as cut and dried as $13 million or the $5 million buyout. They could, as of course, reach an agreement on something in between. So when he says the reality of the market is he's not getting 13 or even eight, it doesn't mean you can offer him eight and that he'll, or less than eight and that he'll accept it because the Giants owe him the 5 million. So say he could get 5 million from another team, for example, perhaps just throwing out a number that's 10 million total. So like I'm thinking the Giants could just say, we'll pay you the buyout and let you come back, but we're not paying you anything more. And that would be $5 million. But in reality, it's like, what could he get on the open market? And then you have to add that to $5 million for it to be financially fair. Now, maybe financially fair isn't necessarily what he needs because he just wants to play. He wants to play. He only wants to play for what sounds like a handful of teams, the Giants or the D-backs or the Rays, because he has homes in Arizona and Florida. And then, of course, he's played here for so many years. And he's saying, like, his family wants him to play one more year. And if he did, if he does, they would, like, move out to the East Bay and be more involved, have his kids more involved with him playing one last year. So he wants to return. And the, the re- <laughs> it's a tough call because they owe him this buyout and because he's been productive when he's been on the field and He's taken on a major leadership role with this team. And I think that it matters to have some guy. It'd be one thing if he was just bad. It would be a no-brainer. Don't do it. But when he's been on the field, he's produced. uh, He's been above average offensively the last couple years. He's been 
you know, put up put up one to one and a half wins above replacement in about half a season's worth of work each of the last two years. And according to Fangraphs, the production this year has been worth $10 million and last year, $13.7 million. So, I mean, if you offer him, like he said, he couldn't even get eight. If you just take the buyout and then give him a $3 million contract, you're paying him $8 million. Would it be worth it? I, I say that's even too much. He is going to be 37 in three days. So we're talking about a guy who's going to be 37 all year long and going on 38. So it's a big question. And it's one I'm glad I don't have to make because my tendency, I'm sorry, Evan Longoria, is to say they need to get younger and more athletic. He would be taken up a roster spot, taken away a position from somebody else. Don't do it. But at the same time, it's easy for me to see, you know, Gabe Kapler is just raving about his leadership qualities and the fact that he's still productive when he's on the field. He's just not on the field all that often. But like I just said, that type of production, one to one and a half wins above replacement, is worth multiple millions of dollars to teams. And you need some guy, like, they need to get a lot better. Evan Longoria can't be like, a key member of the middle of their lineup. But if you bring in a couple of impact talent players, then Evan Longoria in like a supplementary role where he's also providing kind of veteran leadership, which you need. You don't just really want a completely young team without these veteran guys who have been there and can kind of show them the ropes. So if he's in that supporting role and it's a cheaper guarantee, I could see it happening but when all is said and done, I'm glad I don't have to make this decision. Just don't be shocked one way or the other. I could really see it going either way. I've said I don't know that I can see both Longoria and Belt being brought back. Belt is just a pure free agent. There's no buyout or anything like that. With Longoria, there is. Belt is younger. Belt also has a more significant injury he's coming off of but also the possibility of being more productive. And also the first base position is pretty barren in free agency, whereas at third base, I mean, you could, in theory, solve the issue of all of these free agent shortstops, uh, yet you have Brandon Crawford under contract. Like if it's Carlos Correa, for example, you could, in theory, solve the issue of having two shortstops in Correa and Crawford by moving someone like Correa to third base for a year and saying, when Crawford leaves, you'll move back to short. So if you just bring in Evan Longoria, does that kind of block that possibility off? At the same time, if they bring back Longoria, I'm not sure that they would be bringing him back to be an everyday player. He'd be more of a guy they'd mix in, kind of like how he's played lately. He doesn't start every day, but he does play sometimes. The defense is stabilizing and he's hit. I mean, just the other day, he hit two home runs in a game. So I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to see. We'll talk about it a ton in the offseason as these various deadlines come up. The Giants must make that decision on the buyout versus I, I don't think there's any way they just pick up the option. I think if anything, they work out something in between, especially with Longoria saying he's open to that and that he couldn't even get eight million on the open market. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. 
Once again, my name's Ben Caspic. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Caspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. Cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow with the latest. Does Rodan make this start? If not, what are, what are kind of the comments that come out about it? So anyway, see you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.